I have a, this podcast is just going to be us laughing at each other. Yes, the whole it time. is. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Welcome to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian with the Parkview staff here in Lake City. Um, this is our first podcast, and if you don't know who we are, I'll go ahead and introduce the five that are here. We may not always be here for this podcast, but since it's the first one, I'll just tell you who we are. My name is David Harris, and I'm the worship associate here at Parkview. We've also got Daniel Morris, the children's pastor, John Seth Sammons, our student pastor, Skylar Teal, Skylar Teal our worship pastor, and Mike Tatum, our senior pastor. The Mike Tatum. Hey, everybody. We don't really know why we're doing a podcast. Is Daniel here? I didn't, I didn't hear him. Who? Oh. <laughs> so why are we doing this, guys? Well, that's a really good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, Do we know why? <laughs> Other than Mike kept harping us about it for months now. That's right. And by us, we, I mean David. <laughs> I want to do a podcast. There's really cool things on podcasts right now, and I want to be one of those cool things. Amen. And so we decided we'd do a podcast because there may be an audience reach through a podcast that we might not be able to reach in other places. So, and we rant a lot in the office and thought that our congregation might want to hear some of the things we rant about. Hence the name. Yeah. I think, I think Mike says a lot of good things in the office that people don't get to hear like we get to hear it. And so it would just be rad for our congregation to hear Mike. I was really hoping you were going to say Mike says a lot of good things in the sermons that we would like to kind of highlight, but I, yeah, That's yeah, probably yeah. too much to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was it. You're, yeah. pu- you're pushing, Mike. You're pushing. <laughs> there, too. There, too. <laughs> All right, so that's why a podcast. Cool. So he, one of the reasons he said that we want to do this is in the office, we were constantly bringing up subjects of disagreement amongst the staff. Um, and so we thought this would be a better place for other people to hear us argue about who is right. And one of those subjects of lately has been what chain has the best donuts? And I think we all differ on this. I'll let Skylar start us off. Who has the best donuts? Well, I really don't understand why this is an argument. It's not an argument. Because Krispy Kreme is obviously the the best donut. I I don't understand. You you take the hot sign away from Krispy Kreme, you got nothing. One hundred percent. You've got nothing. Yes. I honestly don't even like the question. There's too many punctuations in it, and I don't I don't like grammar. So that's for another day, John Seth. Grammar is important. <laughs> I I think the question's stupid because chains don't make the best donuts. That's, okay, that's Local places make the best donuts. Donut Land in Bonifay, Florida, is where you will find the best donut on the planet. I'll give a shout out to uh, some some Dandies Donuts over in Panama City. They had they had some really good donuts. Hole in One, Plant City, best donuts in the world. Donut Hole, Fort Walton Beach. Shout out. I, I think the, the, the impetus behind this question was the Facebook post that we put out there to our congregation a while back, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts. So we gave them a binary choice, which it works much better when we're making arguments in the office, when we're dealing with just a binary choice rather than these open-ended questions. So... So let's reword that, which is better, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts. Before we get there, for me, can you tell me what impetus means? <laughs> <laughs> Big word, Mike. Uh, we Big were word. All thinking. Can we edit that? <laughs> <laughs> the motivation 
behind that this this particular question, this particular rant, was we got in a conversation as to whether or not Krispy Kreme donuts was better than Dunkin' Donuts. And again, for Skyler, this is not even a, a question. Absolutely. Which I disagree with. I, okay. Some context. Everyone at my home church, where my dad is a worship pastor, called him Krispy Kreme Tim. But he was like the world's biggest fan of Krispy Kreme donuts. Wow. And so I grew up, everyone in my family saying that they were the best. I agree with you that you take the hot sign away. It's automatically not as good. I would say even with the hot sign on, I think they're very overrated. Ooh. I just don't think they're... You take oh any donut from Krispy Kreme, compare it to the same donut variety at Dunkin' wins every time. You, can, you have the right to be every wrong time. in this case. You have the right to be wrong. If you like muffins, you can go to Dunkin'. <laughs> if you like donuts... You can go to Krispy Kreme. I don't understand. See, I think I think with with uh, the hot sign, hot Krispy Kreme donut, you really can't beat it. Yep. The problem though is that it's a a donut shop that serves really really bad coffee. Amen. And and so, and, and so it's embarrassing to walk into a Krispy Kreme to get a hot donut with my Dunkin' Donuts coffee, or to drive through the Krispy Kreme to get donuts and then drive across the street to Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee. It just, it just seems to be a waste of time when I can settle on a blueberry cake donut from Dunkin' Donuts and be just as satisfied with a good cup of coffee. What, did you say settle? Is it, I yes. think he said settle. Yeah. Wait, did you say that Dunkin' had good coffee? Settle. So let's podcast for another time. For the, all the coffee snobs out there, that's a different topic. It is better than Krispy Kreme's coffee. I do hate I will walking in with my Dunkin' coffee to Starbucks. That's kind of a... Let's thing. just Google real fast. Does Dunkin' Donuts make their donuts fresh? Any guesses? Probably not. That's a no. They do not. I'd Google it, but we don't have internet up here. So, <laughs> Good point, Daniel. Good, good. But they used to, because there used to be a commercial back in the day, back before all you were born. In the good old when days. When the guy used to talk about getting up at four in the morning to go make donuts and donuts. Boomer. But who gets up at four in the morning? I know, exactly. Can you even be a Christian at four in the morning? I you know where you can get hot donuts at four o'clock in the morning? Fresh hot donuts, Krispy Kreme. You think so? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> fact check. Like Someone fact check. But you can get them sometimes. You can never get them at Dunkin'. Producer Tanya. Fact check. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll let our, our, our church kind of wade in on this, and it was almost unanimous that Krispy Kreme was better than Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm... I'm really sorry that I have let our church down uh, in areas of discipleship that matter most. So we forgive you. We all make mistakes. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I'm so glad there's redemption and forgiveness in the gospel. Because you got to find it somewhere, not here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving to a more serious subject, we'll do a quick round. Just ask you guys, what books are you currently reading? We'll start with Daniel, who's to my left. They didn't need to know that. But. <laughs> I'm giving them a picture. Them yeah, a picture. Word picture. It's like baseball season and baseball commentators. They kind of paint a picture of the field for you. So, All right. So books I'm currently reading. I just finished up a couple of uh, biographies on Jonathan Edwards for a paper. Uh, both were interesting. One from George Marsden, Marsden was really good. Um, but they were very long. I also read a couple of his uh, of his original works, Freedom of the Will, and uh, some of his writings on revival. That's kind of encouraged me, um, I think, in the future to uh, pick and pick a dead theologian and read throughout the year some of their works. I probably won't cram it into a month to write a paper like I did this time, but, but it's been good. Uh, more importantly, though, 
more exciting. I'm finishing up the Chronicles of Narnia in just a couple of weeks. I've been reading through that with my girls, one chapter a night. So we're on book seven. We've got about 10 days left to go. So that's been a lot of fun. John Sup? I have a problem with starting a bunch of different books and then not finishing them. So I actually picked up one that I started about six months ago and I got about three fourths the way through and I'm glad I picked it up because it's, it's a, in a good part of my life where I kind of need this, this book, uh, the, the thoughts and processes behind it, but it's called get your life back by John Eldridge everyday practices for a world gone mad. Um, so that's one that I'm reading. It's about, you know, dialing back on social media and tech and getting outside and, uh, just, I say exploring, but just seeing the beauty in nature again is a big push for this. Uh, It's kind of hippie-ish, but, uh, I, I love, I love some of the practices that he pushes. And then I do a daily devotion as well every morning. And I've been in Nick Ripken's The Insanity of Sacrifice, those are two that I'm consistently in. Cool. Skylar? Well, I don't know what it says about me that I'm also reading uh, the same book that Daniel is reading to his children, The Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> some of those series. I think you're in that as well, David. But I think we uh, all know what that means, Skylar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a second book that I am currently reading is called Steal Away Home, which is uh, by Matt Carter and Aaron Ivey, and it kind of gives the backstory uh, to... Uh, some of Charles Spurgeon's life and uh, the life of a slave by the name of Thomas Johnson, and both of their stories on uh, their pilgrimage and their uh, beliefs on freedom and uh, just how Charles Spurgeon was, um, although in England at the time and Thomas Johnson Johnson was in the States, um, just how they both kind kind of um, both pursued that um, that passage to freedom and Charles Spurgeon's impact, even in the States on some of that, uh, in that time, a really interesting, uh, read. Uh, so I've been, been, uh, reading through that about half, a little over halfway through that right now. Awesome. Mike, what are you reading? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that one, uh, about Spurgeon, uh, because I'd heard about that. I just haven't had the time to get into it. Uh, right now I'm, I'm reading uh, two commentaries in Isaiah and uh, two commentaries in Hebrews as I'm trying to prep for those sermons that are, uh, are very challenging to uh, prep for. Um, but in addition to um, reading word for word through those commentaries as, as we uh, engage in sermon prep, uh, I'm, I'm actually a kind of a history buff. And so I've, I've picked up um, William McDonough's uh, series. And I'm, I've, I'm in my first book of that. It's been a pretty good, it's called 1776. And it's just uh, about the revolutionary war, uh, Nathaniel green and, um, uh, Henry Knox and some of those guys that walked alongside of George Washington as they, uh, as they made their way towards the independence, uh, of, of the United States. And so I'll be reading the companion to that John Adams and some of the biographies. I try to read a biography every year. I really, uh, get, get into that. And so I, I want to read that as a biography, uh, next. Um, but in addition to that, I picked up a couple of worldview books, uh, that I want to, I want to take a look at. Um, uh, Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth is a, a book by Thaddeus Williams and kind of gets into uh, some of the social justice issues that our, our culture is facing today and that the church is facing today and what a biblical response to some of those might be. And then um, also Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Um, and, uh, and so we want to, I'm going to read through, through those as well. Um, that's kind of where, where I kind of wish at. my name was Thaddeus. 
That was a cool name. Can you put in the Hamilton yeah. soundtrack whenever he says 1776? We would probably probably get sued. I can try. We might get shut down after one episode if I do that. So as far as what I'm reading, mine's kind of boring. If you don't know, I'm doing full-time school. And so a lot of my books are boring music theory books that I won't pain you by telling you about. But yes. yeah, exactly. Um, one of the books I'm reading with Skylar, we meet on Tuesday mornings and uh, go over a book study. We just finished one called The Worship Pastor by... What's the guy's name? Zach Hicks. That's right. I don't remember where he is now. He's been at a lot of different churches, but that was a good read. Anyway, uh, on Tuesdays now, we're reading Humility by C.J. Mahaney, the guy at Sovereign Grace. And we've only read one chapter so far, but I can already tell it's going to be really, really great for me. Um, we're also, as a staff, we, we're trying to constantly read a book. One we're reading right now is Gentle and Lowly, and it's just talking about uh, God's heart uh, towards his people, and that has just been incredible. And I think some of these guys have gotten some uh, some uh, sermon prep ideas from that book, too, because it's funny how a lot of the stuff he's been going through in those chapters is related to what they've been preaching on on a week. It's one of, it's one of the best books I've been reading. We haven't finished it yet, but that I've read in a long time. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. It's been great for me. And it's like a hard read because of how, I don't know, like how undeserving I feel of God's heart towards me as just a broken sinner. But then I'm also, so Skylar is not alone reading the same books that Daniel's reading to his children because I'm on uh, the Silver Chair and the Narnia series and that's been good. I'm looking forward to being able to read some more stuff outside of just school and what we're reading as a staff, but I'm just so busy with school and stuff. I'd, I think it's important to point out that... uh that my girls have made it through the Chronicles of Narnia faster than either of them. <laughs> so unless they pick things up real fast in the next 10 days, we're cutting that out, right? <laughs> I do want to, I do want to highlight that gentle and lowly one more time because, um, uh, because that, you, you know, you talk about how difficult that is to, to read sometimes uh, for me, it's, it's just been so convicting um, because gentle and lowly isn't necessarily a part of our inherent nature. Um, and I have to really be intentional uh, when it comes to, uh, to that. And, um, the, the fact that he just is kind of in your face with the personality or the nature of Christ, whose image we are being conformed to by the ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit is like, okay, this is, he's telling us what Jesus is and how we should be. And that, that really has driven home some, some, uh, very strong points for me and, and has really changed my perspective and hopefully the way I respond to, to different circumstances. Yeah, it has been convicting, but at the same time, it is encouraging to hear that this is who Jesus is to us, that uh, his natural bent is to lean into us as sinners. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so it's been encouraging to hear some of that in his writing. Yeah, and that's at our, our book table outside in the Welcome Center that's out there. So I would encourage our congregation to pick that up. And Absolutely. if if you're listening to this, probably not, but, and you're not in our congregation, pick that book up. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely. So let's get on to the main topic of today's podcast. And, uh, here at Parkview right now, we're going through the book of Hebrews. And so I just want to ask you guys, what's the main takeaway from the book of Hebrews and how does that apply to everyday life? Maybe we should just start with the first half of that. What's the main takeaway? Jesus is better. All right, settled. <laughs> Next. Moving on. You know, it, it, it's funny because this um, uh, it, chapter eight, it kind of everything through uh, one through seven has been 
Jesus is better than this. Jesus is better than that. Jesus, don't go back to the old ways. Why? Because Jesus is better than the old ways. He's better than the, your theology of angels. He's better than Moses and the law. He's better than Abraham and the covenant and the promises because he fulfills all of those things. And it's not until you get to chapter eight. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, he says, now this is the main point of the things we are saying. He finally comes out and tells us. So if you want to know the main point of Hebrews, go to chapter 8, verse 1. This is it. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. And being at the right hand of the, ma- thr- right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens is is making intercession for us, which ties us back to what we just lo- looked at and just talked about in uh, in that gentle and lowly, what Christ lives always to make intercession for us. And that just is such a compelling thing. And so why would we want to go back to the old ways? Why do we want to settle for the status quo? Why do we want to get caught up in religious ritual or legalism when we can turn our attention and our focus to someone who's advocating for us even at this very moment? I think one of the things that's really been striking me as a refreshment just from the scripture and and Mike's preaching has just been lights out um, is the fact that when I'm listening to this and, and you know they're they're drawing a lot from the Old Testament and for some reason my natural bent and maybe maybe it's just me but my natural bent is to be like oh classic people of God like Israelites th- those guys mm-hmm. and they're and I automatically go to that almost almost a judging of them and being like, at least I'm not that guy. You know, like at least I'm not as bad as them. And then Mike hits me across the head with a metaphorical hammer and is like, but listen, this is exactly what we do today. And that has just been every I, I leave every Sunday just like I say speechless in the sense of just like, man, I I need to repent. Like I need to to trust Christ in this area. Um, so that's just uh, something that Hebrews has really been hitting me on. Is Yeah, Jesus interceding for us um, is such an encouraging thing to me. Uh, him as our high priest, um, you know, we don't need a priest to approach the throne of grace. Um, as we have, we're in a Lent series, um, and, and Hebrews as well throughout this spring uh, season, For me, uh, in the middle of our Hebrew series was uh, Good Friday and Easter, and just the idea of of settling on the cross in my mind, and and recognizing that Jesus died in my place, intercedes on my behalf. Um, It 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 was a sobering moment in those days, especially Good Friday, just to recognize that this is our Savior, this is our God. Uh, who took um, my sin upon himself, and uh, because of that, although sinless, uh, he were able to approach the throne of grace because of his shed blood through the cross. It's just those moments, as I look back throughout this Hebrew series, which I think has been phenomenal uh, over the last uh, few months or so, um, but as I think back to Good Friday and Easter, those days in particular, um, I don't think it was any coincidence that we were in the book of Hebrews and continually pointing people to the fact that Jesus is better. Jesus died on our, in, in our place, um, and through, and, and on the cross, uh, for our sins. And so, uh, that's such an encouragement to me. Yeah, absolutely. And the second half of the question, how does this apply to everyday life? Like something that has really struck me just as we've been going through it. And also in the chapter 
and gentle and lowly is like we, you know, we, we've been talking about Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. He's better than the priests. He's the, the great final high priest and all this stuff. And, and we're constantly telling our congregation we want to remember and rehearse the gospel every week. But something that was brought out in that chapter of gentle and lowly is like we tend to think of, and, and it's right, the gospel is the center of history. We look back to Christ on the cross, but talked about like that Jesus isn't just passively up in heaven now, like doing nothing, like he's interceding for us. And so like in my everyday life, I think that's something that even just these past couple of days, I have really been aware of. And just, that's just been so encouraging to me to just remember God, yeah, Jesus on the cross. Yes, he did that. He was in our place and he did all that, but he's not just doing nothing now. Like he is praying for us as we go through this life, trying to serve him. And that's just, oh, that car. But that's been just in my everyday life. That's something I want to be more aware of is that like, I'm not in this thing alone. I have the Holy Spirit in me and Christ is interceding for me. And yes, he is better. So why would we turn to anything else, even though we're prone to? And so on, in you know, on the same subject too, we're so prone to wander away from these things that I think every day I need to be reminding myself, yes, absolutely of the gospel and my purpose, but maybe even also adding to that, like, just remembering Christ is interceding for me. Like even just right now, that's just crazy to think about. I'm trying to recall the line in this last chapter of gentle and lowly that uh, says that Christ's intercession is outpacing our sin and such a good encouragement there as well. Yeah. I think, man, even just the the main takeaway of Jesus is better has how this applies, how I've been, or the Holy spirit has been applying it to my life he just keeps reminding me to make Jesus a priority. And if I truly believe that he's better, then he will be my number one priority. Uh, and then quickly following that is, you know, a, a love for Jesus and then a love for his word uh, and then a love for his people. I mean, Jesus refers to the church as his bride. Uh, and so that's just kind of, you know, the main takeaway of Jesus is better. I've just really been trying to pray for Jesus to be my one priority, to, to make him, to, to truly live out that he is better. For me, I keep asking myself the question, okay, what in my life, uh, what in my life am I putting ahead of Jesus in that sense? What are, what are the things that I need to, to say in my life and, and live out that Jesus is better? Uh, so that's kind of just a, just an ongoing thing. And I've come up with uh, a, a number of different answers to that question uh, almost every day. Any other thoughts? All right. I think that pretty much wrap things, wraps things up. I will say definitively, I think we can all agree, Daniel by far has the best podcast voice in this room right now. <laughs> yes, Every time you talk, I'm like, man, he sounds so much better yeah, than the rest of us. such a great radio voice. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I didn't say you had a face for radio. I said you had a voice for radio. It was implied. No. <laughs> What better way to end than John Seth sipping his coffee for the fifteenth yeah. time? His coffee rants and all. I do think we need to have a better quality coffee next time. For I'll sure. Work on that. So uh, something that's going to keep this podcast going for us, just giving us more and more stuff to talk about. That especially people here in Lake City at Parkview, some of the things y'all might want to know. We want to hear what you want us to speak to. So you can send in some questions to the staff. Uh, we're going to have the website up at pbclc.com slash podcast. There'll be a form you can fill out to send us things that you think would be helpful for us to talk about. Thanks for joining us for Coffee Rants and All Things Christian. 
tune in with us next time.